it is finished. What do you think the followers of Christ thought of those words as they saw him breathe his last breath on the cross that Friday afternoon? To them, it must have actually felt finished. They must have felt devastated, disappointed, and defeated. And we gather here this evening so that we can commiserate with them and remember the day that hope died. There is no worse feeling in this world than hopelessness. I can attest to this firsthand as someone who has had bouts of severe depression that lasted months and years. I've also counseled dozens of teenagers, even a few right now, who are undergoing the crushing melancholy associated with major depression. A telltale sign of this condition is the overwhelming sense of hopelessness and despair. Imagine for a moment with me that the disciples and Jesus' most avid followers, let's imagine what they went through. So for over the past several years, many of them had taken the exhilarating and nerve-wracking step of leaving everything that they knew behind in order to follow Jesus the rabbi. Their risk seemed to pay it off as they witnessed miracles, teachings, and power beyond their wildest imaginations. Their hearts were enlivened, and all of their hopes and the hopes of their forefathers were realized in the person of Jesus Christ. He was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. He was the fulfillment of all their dreams. Jesus was the hope of the world and for the people of Israel. And others were catching on too. The crowd swelled and the pride of knowing and following Jesus reached its apex on Palm Sunday as worshipers line the streets to welcome the king who came in the name of the Lord. They had hitched their wagon to a star. They had joined the winning team. But then, in an instant, all hell broke loose. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. He said to them, I am he. Judas, who had betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servants and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall not I drink the cup that the Father has given me? 
So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. The panic has begun. The anger at Judas must have been maddening. Their friend, one of their own, betrayed their leader and the cause that they had so passionately supported. And just like that, in an instant, Jesus was taken from them. But they must have still had hope. Surely Jesus must be freed. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. For the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Peter, the best friend of Jesus, has not lost hope yet. He tries to save himself. He is weak, but he still hopes. Peter follows at a distance to keep a watchful eye on the master. At least a part of him must be expecting Jesus to do something amazing, and he wants to be the one there to witness it. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said was wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you with him in the garden? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Even in the chaos, even in the shame, Jesus' prediction comes to fruition. Peter's chained-up Messiah is still demonstrating his authority. That must be a reason for hope. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside and said to them, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? 
Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Even Pilate, who has just met Jesus, has hope. He is trying to avoid the death of an innocent man. He is giving Jesus the opportunity to get himself out of this tragedy. After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Now Pilate is giving the Jews the chance to get Jesus out of this mess. The followers of Christ must have remembered this custom. They must have staked their hopes that the people would shout for Jesus to be released. But in that moment, their hope took a significant blow as the people asked for Barabbas instead. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Devastation, horror, 
disbelief. The impossible has happened. Jesus has been sentenced to death, and there is nothing that the disciples or anyone else can do about it. But as long as he is still breathing, then there's still hope. They must have been paralyzed with fear, but the hope that Jesus could still save himself must have lingered. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, I have, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is not good. Jesus is actively making plans for his death. This is basically his last will and testament. The end is near but it hasn't come yet. So a shadow of hope still lives on. But at this point, it's just a little bit of what it once was. Like Jesus, hope is on its final breath. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. He is dead. Hope has died. His followers don't know, they don't want to believe it, but they have to begin the process of coming to terms with this horrendous reality. What will they do? Where will they go? And what about their beloved leader's body? Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. 
But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true. He knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus, bound it in linen cloths with spices, as the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Hope is extinguished. Despair has set in. The tomb has been sealed. And as the followers gather and mourn, they do a play-by-play. -play. How did this happen? Is there anything we could have done to stop it? Who is to blame? Who did this to Jesus? They did this to Jesus. You did this to Jesus. I did this to Jesus. Jesus did this for us.